Hey everyone, welcome to September. I know I didn't get that second one in in August. I really tried. It just, it was slow and then it got really fast and I, I, I spun out of control with time. It moved so quickly and the summer is pretty much over. We're in that weird, that, that, that time where it's not, it feels like fall or it's pre-fall. I guess it's still technically summer for another 10 days or so, so we just got to deal with that. But boy, am I happy when summer ends. The, the heat, the, the, the heat wave that I, I was stuck in for a couple of days with a broken AC, it makes you hallucinate like you're in the desert with the doors. But before we get there, let's go. That... That is not the intro. Who's a fat boy? Hello, everyone. Hello, my international listeners that have found this podcast. Welcome to Podcast Fat Boy. doesn't matter what gender you are. There's a fat boy in all of us that just, you know, is just waiting to break out. That is the, our truest form, I think. I think every soul in the body is something of a fat boy. And, you know, your, your fat boy can take many different you know, uh, forms. It could be someone who, who likes sweets. It could be someone who just likes to eat a lot of bread. You know, that's kind of my essence. I think I'm addicted to gluten. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. I could probably just, you know, eat eat bread until it goes right out of style. You know what I'm saying? So it's good for you to find your your inner fat boy, whatever it is, and embrace it, because that's that's what life is. Uh, the society is constantly trying to tell us that we're not good enough, but we need to find ways to accept that we are. And, you know, I'd like to start off the show by saying very upsetting news. I was going to do this yesterday. I'll explain why I didn't. It is drug-related, but... A very good actor has died, and uh, is Michael K. Williams. You would remember him from Omar. That's what they're going to say. Just like James Gandolfini will always be linked to The Sopranos, Michael K. Williams will always be linked to The Wire uh, as the great Omar. Very amazing show. It's a show that I haven't seen in a really long time. It's kind of too raw. You know, it's... I don't know if I could watch it again. It seems like one of those really good shows you just have to experience once and and not go through again. There's something about it. And I'm someone who likes to rewatch stuff, but there's something about it that doesn't call to me to rewatch it. You know, you got to leave it where it is and, you know, whatever scattered memory I have about it, I just got to I just got to live with that, you know. Mainly because of the rawness of the inner city inner snitty inner city drug war in Baltimore. You know, raw, raw stuff. So, yeah, very sad to hear that he died. It looks like reports are coming out that it was a drug overdose. Some are saying it's heroin. Some are saying it's cocaine. But both are saying that it's most likely laced with fentanyl. This fentanyl fucking problem is crazy. And apparently during the pandemic, it's even worse because the cocaína from, you know, South America 
it's all been disrupted, right? It's not as easy to get stuff in the border. When you have a border closed, how do you get those trucks in? How do you get, you know, the docks and everything else? It's just very hard to get the cocaina in. So what are dealers having to do? They're having to cut it. And they're cutting it for some reason with fentanyl. I don't understand it. Why fentanyl? Why? Now, I'm not a drug dealer. I've never been one, but I do know a little bit about business. I took it in high school. Why are you putting this deadly chemical in in, in stuff like cocaine and heroin, knowing that it, there's a very good chance that it's going to kill your customer? It's going to murder them. You're going to poison them. They will die, and they will never buy from you again. Is it because there's just so many people that are on these drugs that it doesn't matter? And, you know, if you if you do it right, like, I don't even know, like, it's the tiniest, like, two milligrams, two milligrams of fentanyl will kill you. It will kill you. Some people are so high on fentanyl that they're sweating, and paramedics that have touched their arm have died from the skin-to-skin contact of it. That is how potent this shit is. This is how potent it is. So I don't understand how, you know, everyone's... Everyone's looking at it like it's like, oh, don't do drugs, you know, and I think it's a little bit more difficult than that. I don't think everyone's as lucky to avoid these kind of recreational drugs, cocaine and heroin and meth and stuff. I consider myself very lucky. I think in some ways, as my anxiety has tortured me throughout my life, it has protected me from doing kinds of drugs that uh where you lose control right and and with addiction and whatnot now i'm not saying that with marijuana you can't get addicted you absolutely can but i feel like i have a better handle on it you know i just naturally go through phases where i'd like to have a bit more and then i go through you know like a month where i don't have it and it's just kind of been that way for about 20 years. And I'm glad that it's legalized in this country now. And I do love that it's regulated. I do love that you can buy edibles and, you know, the the dose is exactly what you're paying for. You know, I think that's always the scariest thing when you're, you know, and I'm talking about edibles now because I took them last night. For some reason, I'm all of a sudden interested to see if, hey, maybe edibles will work for me again. I've had some very bad experiences with them in the past, mainly because they've been super strong. They've been homemade by a friend, you know, and who knows how much THC was in them. I would say at least 20 to 30 milligrams of THC uh, in the edibles that I've had in the past. And, you know, it's like surfing, you know, you have to go out to the, the ocean far away from the shore and you have to wait for these waves to bring you back in. You have to go with the wave. The problem with it not being regulated is you might have a big wave. You might be doing some big wave fucking surfing, right? And you have to go with it. You may not even be, you know, trained or ready for that big wave, but you still got to go with it and you're probably going to fall and it's going to push you underwater for a few minutes and you won't be able to breathe and you just have to ride it out, right? So that's the problem with the homemade edibles that I've always hated. Just don't know what I'm getting. Now, with the government, they can't sell you a package of edibles higher than 10 milligrams. The entire package cannot be more than 10 milligrams. So that's a pretty, you know, I think if I took the whole piece of chocolate, I would be uh, real, you know, pretty stoned. So I, you know, I took a little tiny piece, 
made it two and a half milligrams. And I tried that first just to see what that was like. I tried that one night and it made me feel a little mellow, you know, like the body stone kind of feel that people are saying. And then last night I was like, you know what? It's Labor Day. What better way to honor all the hardworking people in this country than me stepping it up a little bit on the edibles? <laughs> so I took two pieces. That's five milligrams. And you know what? It was really nice. It was like not too crazy. I think a couple hours into it, I, I started to get a little goofy and like dopey a little bit, but you know, not like no big waves came, you know, it just seemed like I ordered a couple of medium waves and they sent out those medium waves for me and I really liked it. So yeah, I feel like that's something I might get more into now that it's regulated. And you know, that's the problem with these drugs. Going back to Michael K. Williams, I know I've been talking about this too long. I should move on, but it's just a sad thing because, you know, cocaine obviously isn't regulated. Uh, it doesn't matter how famous you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have, it just seems like you always have to get it through the street in some way. And, you know, how many hands does that pass? Who's cutting what? It's just, you're always taking a huge risk. And I've never done it. I've never snorted anything in my life. I've only stuck to, to you know, I've done shrooms once and then just marijuana. That's it. And let's not forget alcohol, though. That one's the one I've probably done the most. And that is a motherfucking drug. So anyway, sorry to hear about Michael K. Williams, great actor, but man, even with Coke, even if it was pure Coke, that's a tough habit to have into your mid-50s, man. It's going to get you, it's going to get you real good. Uh, so let's get to some birthdays. Okay, we got some big birthdays today. It's September the 7th, okay? Evan Rachel Wood, she's turned 34. She's in the news right now about her relationship with Marilyn Manson, uh, that hell that she had to live through. <laughs> he's uh, he's the monster we all thought he was. And I've talked about it on this podcast before. If he gets convicted, I would put the ribs back in. Shannon Elizabeth is 48. You remember that movie she was in? Forever remembered in American Pie as, you know, somebody uh, filming her while she's, you know... By herself in a room, and uh, you know, that doesn't really fly today. So, I'm sorry that that's what you're known for, Shannon. You're 48 now, but you know who's a little bit younger? Devon Saba, he's 43. Had this uh, debate with my wife did he go by Devon Sawa or was it Devon? I'm pretty sure it was fucking Devon. Don't at me, Devon. If you're listening to this, you can clarify, of course, absolutely. Corbin Burns in 67, you know him. He was in like an episode of uh, L.A. Law or something, you know, like he seems like a, like a 90s TV cop star. And uh, Tom Everett Scott, you remember him as the drummer from That Thing You Do. He's 51. Toby Jones, he played a, a Capote. The other guy that played Capote, he's 55. Happy birthday. Who else we got here? W. Earl Brown is 58. You know him from Deadwood. A uh, very amazing role for him. Still going, you know, he just, uh, the, the guy scares me. The guy friggin' scares me, let's put it that way. J. Smith Cameron, she's 64. If you watch Succession, you'd know her from that. She plays that lawyer that's uh, constantly making the, you know, Kieran Culkin jerk off in his bathroom or whatever. Very weird relationship they have. Don't really understand it. 
it's, a, it's an interesting power dynamic, as I will say. Uh, you know, who else we got today? Uh, a- a- Angie Everhart. Angie. You know Angie Everhart. She's a redhead. I think she was a model. And she was in, uh, like, the Bordello of Blood. Tales from the Crypt. Remember when Tales from the Crypt used to make movies? Remember when we used to all go nuts? I used to love Tales from the Crypt. I used to watch the show with the crusty fucking Crypt Keeper guy doing his stupid puns. Uh, I really enjoyed that show. And anyways, I think the last movie they made was Bordello of Blood. And uh, she was in that. And lastly, we're going to go with Julie Kavner. She's 71. Julie Kavner, the voice of Marge on The Simpsons. What's going to happen to that show? They're getting old, man. These actors are starting to die. You know, when the when the, the, the immediate family, The Simpsons, when they start dying, what do you do? When that Scientologist dies who does Bart, what do you do? When Homer... You know, like, it just, it feels like it's got to end sometime. Does it, does it end when they die? You know, I guess, I guess, why stop? Why stop? She's also Julie Kavner, you know, uh, a Woody Allen favorite in his movies. And, uh, well, we don't, uh, we don't have to talk about that. Update. Okay, let's get to the fitness update, everybody. Uh, you know, it's been going pretty good. I feel like I've gotten back on the bike, so to say. I've been, uh, I got a workbench. I bought a workbench off of Amazon. I'm sorry, I have to do it because it's so damn affordable, and I'm not going to spend like $300 on a workbench from fucking Bowflex or some bullshit from Canadian Tire. Sometimes you just have to go with it. And, uh, the world's a fucking mess, and it's ending, and uh, I'll never be able to uh, own a home with my own <laughs> my own worth. So fuck you, uh, who have a problem with me using Amazon. Uh, it's a horrible world, and, well, I guess I'm a horrible person. Anyway, got the workbench, so now I can finally do, like, some proper, you know, uh, dumbbell exercises uh, chest presses and whatnot, uh, inclined chest press stuff, you know, because I get really tired of doing push-ups, you know. I wish I could be that kind of guy that just did push-ups all the time and, you know, I, I go through phases with it, but it usually makes everything feel horrible, you know, because your chest is a bit weaker when you're when you're starting out and then, you know, you're using your back muscles, your triceps are being engaged, everything's sore, and if you're not doing it right, you can really injure your shoulders. You can really do it. I recommend with push-ups, do not move your arms too wide unless you're like super fit or something where you can you know you can engage certain muscles you will tear some stuff in your shoulders try to keep it shoulder width apart at the most when you're doing a goddamn push-up so anyway got the dumbbells feeling good about that Uh, i really like using a bench you know just another reason for me to never go back to a gym I don't ever want to go back, especially with this COVID stuff, especially with people protesting now that they, uh, you know, don't want to show vaccine passports. And, they, you know, none of these people read 1984, but there's there's certainly fucking Ph.D. scientists in, in the lore of it. You know, it's uh, it's it's really not a big deal. You know, if if you just get vaccinated, you know, uh, there's a good chance you're going to be fine. The more people get vaccinated, this could be over and the masks could end and it it could be done for a while. You know, maybe we'll have a few decades off of this fucking nightmare. But the, you know, I found some old journals 
that I wrote, you know, at the beginning of the social media craze, you know, uh, I, I read an entry I wrote about uh, fa- Facebook and Twitter and whatnot and probably like 2009, 2010. That was the start of Twitter. Twitter was like 2008 or something. So, and Facebook was, you know, about six years in, fully public, getting crazy. But it just seemed like even then I was complaining about how we're having trouble connecting. People were getting sick of it already. I was complaining about, you know, setting up an event or something and all my friends were ignoring it. They weren't seeing it. And at the time I took it very personally. Why don't you want to come to my birthday party? And now it may, like it got to a point where I was blocking people from sending me events on Facebook when I was still on it. And I'm not on it anymore. I still have an account. I still have to use their fucking messenger. And technically, I still use Instagram, even though I don't really post very much. I hate the whole fucking thing. And now I got to send my podcast network all this shit. And I know he's going to be up our ass about using social media. And I just fucking hate it. I just want to tell him to fuck right off. But uh, that's the world we live in, unfortunately. And I'm going to have to find some kind of compromise for it. But yeah, it seems like very early on into it, I don't know if you could see, but I could see that it was not connecting us socially at all. It was just driving us further away from each other. And that's really what it is. And that is why I blame social media is a big part of why we are still in this fucking pandemic because of that. It drives us away from caring for one another, for being there for one another, and just trying to find people that, you know, um, that give give to your whatever bullshit cause you think you have. It's easy to find someone that agrees with you with all this shit. And it doesn't matter how wrong you are. It doesn't matter how un- irrational you are. It's just... And then once you have a few people that are on your side, that's all you need. That's all you fucking need. And this is what it's going to be like now. I think this fucking disease isn't going anywhere. So this is what we have to do. We have to build our own gyms. I hear in the Peloton has dropped $600 now. Knew this was coming. Those bikes are going to get cheaper. Eventually, they'll be like a 1000 bucks. You watch. You watch. But... I've got my nice bike, you know, my shitty Amazon purchase. I'm a big fucking Amazon head, unfortunately. I, I'm the devil. But <laughs> I bought a new bike seat for it the other day because I'm just tired of the gel thing I've got going over my old one. And, uh, you know, I, I really like it. I really like the bike. It's a big part of my week. You know, I try to do it three, four, five times a week. And now doing the weights back to doing intervals of, you know, chest and back one day, arms and legs the other and. Uh, begrudgingly doing abs as much as I can, but I fucking hate it. I don't know about you guys, but is it a Kahlua and coffee kind of day for you? Because it is for fucking me. Health news. News that is health related. Okay. I got a couple of health news I want to talk about. One is just completely fucking ridiculous. And every once in a while, you know, you can't, this shit isn't going away. You know, this type of, (laughs) this type of scientific research, as I should say, this was originally published by Fox news. And the reason that I am doing this is because so many people listen to this shit. Right. And it just to show you how this is like 
this is the kind of shit when they're trying to be serious about something. This is about as best as it can get. Okay, so this <laughs> they, they had a story that said eating one hot dog takes 35 minutes off of your life. Study suggests. So researchers released a nutritional index aiming to inform guidelines and help Americans achieve healthier and more environmentally stable diets. The index ranked foods by minutes gained or lost off healthy life per serving, with processed meats and sugary drinks among the biggest offenders. Findings included over 5,000 foods in the U.S. diet classified by health burden and environmental impacts. So it studied like a, a range from, you know, 74 minutes lost to 80 minutes gained. So there's some foods they're saying that will gain your life. So does this mean you can, you know, as long as you're you're having these hot dogs that are taking off 35 minutes, you just want to have some of the good stuff that will add <laughs> Add some minutes. So, okay, like, look at some of this. Researchers found that consuming over, uh, consuming one 85-gram serving of chicken wings translates to 3.3 minutes of life lost, owing to sodium and harmful trans fatty acids with a beef hot dog and a bun resulting in some 36 minutes lost, largely due to the detrimental effect of processed meat. Processed fucking meat, man. Foods like salted peanuts. Salted peanuts. Baked salmon and rice with beans were also associated with gains between 10 and 15 minutes. Salted peanuts gain? I, that doesn't seem fucking right to me. How? how <laughs> they got to be just globbed with sodium. Salted peanuts. Not even unsalted. It's like, no, salted peanuts. Uh, and, you know, just they're also saying that the researchers also classified foods by nutritional and environmental impact or shorter term global warming healthy environmentally sustainable foods include nuts fruits vegetables legumes whole grains and some seafood whereas foods with poor nutritional value and production linked to high environmental impacts include beef processed meat pork and lamb cheese based foods and certain salmon dishes oh great so the sam i get salmon gains for my health, but it looks like it decreases for the environment. In contrast, most poultry, dairy, egg-based foods, and cooked grains fell into an intermediate zone. Okay, so we can't live in a world where we are constantly trying to sum summarize how many minutes food is taking off our life. I don't understand this this obsession with how long you're supposed to live. You know, I think if you make it to your sixties or seventies, you've won. I don't see any allure of living in my eighties and nineties. Everybody I know, it just doesn't seem like they're getting, what, what's the point of it? What the fuck is the point of it? Everyone that I know they're, they're so old. They don't do anything. They're sick. Uh, my grandma's 91 soon. She's got dementia. She doesn't know who the fuck we are. You know, it's like no way to live. And it, But you honor them because you love them so much. And you try to take care of them. And I guess, you know, it's it's just a way that we... <laughs> it's a way that we can show our appreciation by trying to keep them alive as long as possible. But you got to ask yourself, you know, when does it get to a point when it's not worth it anymore? I just don't understand if I could feel the way I feel now when I'm 90, it would be different, but it's going to be a very different feel. 
And let's be honest, folks, I'm probably not making it to 90. You never know. Maybe I'll never die. <laughs> Moving on to the uh, second topic, something a little bit more serious. Because I know I've talked on this podcast about how I have muscle, or not muscle, sorry, I have body dysmorphia, which means, uh, you know, I can't ever really see myself. Uh, uh, I'm not very happy with the way I look. And, you know, you kind of see yourself in the mirror a way that is probably a little more harsh than it really is. And that's something that I've had since I was a very young, skinny kid. And I've talked about that and uh, I've gone to therapy about it. And, you know, it's a, it's a real issue with men just as much as women. So there's a new, th- well, it's not new, but it, it, it seems to have really picked up during the pandemic because, you know, uh, I'm talking about men here, men especially have been exercising more for their mental health and, you know, just trying to keep uh, healthy, you know, trying to keep their cardio up and whatnot because they're trapped at home. So muscle dysmorphia is on the rise. And what that is, is people that are so obsessed with working out, they're so obsessed with counting their calories, they're so obsessed with looking in the mirror, making sure they look shredded, making sure that, you know, they're not feeling too skinny. If a, if a t-shirt is a little bit loose, you know, they it, it's called muscle dysmorphia. People you get obsessed with it, get obsessed with being huge and it can really ruin people's lives. It's, it is an eating disorder and it seems to, uh, you know, it can really harm your body. Let's put it that way. Some people get so obsessed with protein. They have too much of it. If you have too much protein in your body, it's hard to process. And then it, you know, it starts to wear on your kidneys and you can really, you know, you can start to have kidney failure and stuff. Like there is a limit to protein that you should be having. And I just, you know, some people would fucking go absolutely crazy with protein powder and eating, you know, eggs and chicken, whatever the fuck, because they just want to get those muscles shredded, dude. So, you know, it's an, it's an interesting thing that (laughs) as much as we're trying to stay fucking sane during this whole thing, there's so many variables that are making it, you know, very difficult, very hard to, to get through it, you know, and this is, this is one of the other things. So like, listen to this studies show that this is informed by a range of factors, the representation of highly muscular men in mainstream and social media, the glamorization of pushing oneself to the physical limits and even the use of pornography. One sign of mental health problem is where the individual's body is exposed to feelings of inadequacy. Oh boy, do I do I agree with that? Um, Andrew Whalen, founder of Dude Mental Health. <laughs> oh God, did I just say that? Dude Mental Health, founder of Dude Mental Health, regards this as a common sign of eating disorders in men. Men, unlike women with eating disorders, are not generally looking for the ideal body. They're looking for the exceptional. It is part of the male drive for dominance, Waylon tells insiders. So um, the whole culture is just toxic is what they're saying. And, uh, you know, if you want to check it out, it's on insider.com. And, you know, if you are struggling with an eating disorder of any kind, you can call 1-800-931-2237. That is Nita's helpline. Uh, or you can just text NEDA to 741741, and they will offer you some support. So let's get to some other shit. 
Okay, we got some other shit. I've got to, let's lighten it up a bit. It's a bit dark in here. Maybe it's me coming off the edibles from yesterday. I don't know. You know, I've read a tweet from the prime minister today, you know, just trying to find ways for us to to increase the debt load. Not not fix the housing market at all. Just like, oh, here's more ways you can save to get into this insane fucking market doesn't really help anybody and unfortunately my generation the majority of them are either relegated to receiving a, a giant gift while their parents are alive or waiting for them to die and just taking you know a chunk of their overvalued uh primary residence and putting it toward a fucking tiny little bungalow somewhere still being in probably an insane amount of mortgage debt but at least, you know, you'll be able to have a half a million dollar down payment on some little bullshit house. <laughs> Hopefully the AC's working when you buy it. But anyway, see, I'm getting negative again here. Let's light it up a little bit. I just want to say, Podcast Fat Boy, you know I don't promote this. This is a, a, one of the only pro fast food fitness podcasts in the industry. Everyone else is telling you not to eat it. I'm telling you to eat it, but know the risks, okay? Because... I constantly think about the the royalty in London, in England, back in the 1600s and the 1500s, how much they would, you know, Henry, Henry VIII, Henry VIII? God, that doesn't feel right. But anyway, you know, the guy with the gout, I think it was Henry VIII, he, <laughs> he would love fast food. He would have like every version of it in the castle. I feel like that guy. He'd be drinking wine. He'd be eating Big Macs and Chick-fil-A. And, it, you know, it'd be this beautiful food court. <laughs> it would be an actual food court in Buckingham Palace. But, uh, uh, well, see, I get lost in it. Uh, uh, talking about some other shit food that I've eaten recently, okay? We're going to talk about Chef Boyardi. Chef Boyardi, okay? So... You know, I was going through like, uh, sometimes I get into this phase when I'm eating that I feel like I'm a single dad, you know, who's recently divorced and, you know, he suddenly has to cook for the first time in his life. And, you know, uh, as my dad did, made some, some, uh, he, he was a single dad for about a year or something. Um, and he used to make some real terrible food. He just was, he was not into it and uh, a lot of processed garbage put into my body. And, you know, he thought I had an eating disorder then, but it was just like, this food's brutal. Anyway, Chef Boyardee, Chef Boyardee, okay? It's spelled that way because he wanted Americans, the guy's real name was Boyardee, Hector Boyardee, and he wanted people to say his name right. So that's why it's spelled B-O-Y-A-R-D-E-E. Uh, is that not hilarious? Uh, is that not America in a nutshell? So I found some, uh, you know, just to give you a little bit of a, a background, what the fuck is Chef Boyardee? You know what it's like, canned food. I had the spaghetti and meatballs the other week, and it was so disgusting. It was like, it was like mush, the 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 meatballs were like these tiny little globs of matter. I don't know what they were. They tasted super weird. The sauce was like super salty. I couldn't eat the whole thing. It just felt like I was slurping down worms. I was slurping down, you know, noodle worms. It, it just I definitely have a parasite. 
<laughs> you know, and they claim that they don't have any preservatives in these cans. Now, that's not how canned food works, okay? Uh, just to go, you know, this has been around since 1928. In World War II, it was commissioned to, you know, feed the the soldiers that were going over to Europe. And, you know, they were... Uh, factories were making about 250,000 cans a day to send over there. So, you know, a lot of soldiers lived off of Chef Boyardi. And I would imagine that they never ate it again when they came home. I'm sure they were so sick of it that eating this terrible fucking canned pasta. Anyway, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very big brand. It's still alive and well, based in Milton, Pennsylvania, still going to this day. And uh, just an interesting tidbit for you. Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a, a two stars out of five based on uh, Italian food. Okay. Two stars. But before I tell you that, just a, a little, um, a little tidbit. Now, Chef Boyardee is one of the only brands to request to be removed from an episode of Seinfeld. In the episode, The Rye, if you remember the marble rye, Kramer is allowed to operate a handsome cab for a week and he's feeding the horse excess cans of beefaroni, which causes frequent and foul smelling flatulence. So that was the whole joke. Rusty the horse farting his brains out and, you know, Kramer being Kramer's about to puke and it was hilarious. As a result of the request, the name was changed to beefarino. So it was supposed to be beefaroni, but they took such offense to it. You know, I love when people, you know, companies have this terrible product and the truth is, is in the pudding, honey, that, yeah, that shit's going to make you fart weird. It's going to make you fart real weird, but they don't want you to be promoting that on such a big stage like Seinfeld because it will hurt their sales. You know, people will be like, oh yeah, Chef Boyardee is disgusting, Absolutely disgusting. So anyway, I had Bifud, uh, you know, probably the first time in, God, I don't know, I'm going to say 10 years since I've had a Chef Boyardee. Uh, thank God it's spelled that way because I would not know how to say it if, it was, <laughs> if he kept his original spelling. Uh, I don't recommend it, but if you're desperate, you're in hard times, it's there for you. It will always be there for you. And if an apocalypse happens and you find it in a drawer and it's expired by 10, 15 years, you know what? Just give her a cook on a pot. You'll be fine. You'll be real fine. So let's end the podcast now with, you know, I'll just say that we are now on Amazon Music. I don't know if I said that before. We're on Amazon Music now because, you know, I love Amazon. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I love I love the devil. I love the devil. So we are on Amazon Music. I don't know anyone who uses that bullshit fucking service. Do you listen to your music on Amazon Music? I don't. I don't fucking listen to it. It's, I tried it once. It was garbage. So anyway, you can subscribe there if you so wish. Shout out to my new listeners in Mexico. Shout out to my Armenians. Shout out to the Irish. Shout out to uh, who else we got? The Americanos. Seems the Americanos are, are big listeners of the show because they're constantly looking for ways to improve their health in that chubby, chubby country. Chubby, chubby country. So anyway... I'm going to leave you with something a little fun. You know how I love impressions. There's a guy named John Wilson. He is on Instagram, John O. Wilson, at John O. Wilson with an H. Um, and he does impressions of, uh, you know, just dumb 
celebrities and he kind of you know races through them so you, you have to you have to pay attention it moves pretty fast but you know what i can't get enough of this stuff so you you got <laughs> you got to just enjoy it you know so let's give it let's give a shot at a couple Here's Vince Vaughn complaining about the end of Game of Thrones to Bruce Willis. I'll be honest with you, Bruce, the ending of Game of Thrones really felt like a slap in the goddamn face. I haven't seen it. Why the hell is Jon Snow even returning to the Night's Watch? Please, no spoilers. I'll tell you what, Game Sabi, I didn't like Jon Snow killing Danny. That sounds important. And Bran becomes king, give me a goddamn break. Yeah, I probably wouldn't watch it anyway. <laughs> Here's another one. <laughs> this one where they're all going to space. Celebrities going to space. Oh, I'm so excited. Is Gary Sinise coming? No. I'm excited to go too, Tom, but my mission is to find my dad. His name's Astro. Last time I did this, Anne Hathaway made me lose 50 years of my life. They just went, Whew. go to space, have a blast. I'm going to stay through Earl Rick for this one, boys. <laughs> his, his Bruce Willis is always like peering around a corner for some reason, which is just hilarious. He does the uh, face frown really well. Um, Really enjoy the Bruce Willis one. And, uh, I wrote a comment to him about his Brad Pitt and I said, it's, it's like each of his words are wearing iron boots. That is the Brad Pitt cadence. Uh, and I, he said, that's poetic. So he liked it. He liked it. Um, what's this one? Matthew McConaughey teaching Tom Hanks and Mark Wahlberg how to whistle. Thanks for teaching us, Matthew. Watch, I can already do it. No, that's just how I say my S's. So if you say your S's, you'll whistle. <laughs> no, you gotta put your lips together. What the hell are you talking about? That's just how you blow wind. Watch. Hold on, Mark. I'll try. Oh, we don't get it. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyways, that's uh, that's John Wilson. John O. Wilson. He's got about 41,000 followers. He's on Cameo. Uh, very funny guy. I don't know. He looks like he's in his early 40s or something like that. But if you're looking for some dumb, quick impressions... He seems to be very positive and enjoys them. So uh, I would say uh, check them out and uh, hope everybody is uh, feeling okay. I hope you're ready for school if you got kids. I hope you're not being too hard on yourself. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get another one in September, maybe two. Maybe I'll try to make up for August. podcast fat boy guys make sure you subscribe and all your fucking bullshit because uh i don't promote this motherfucker anywhere no twitter no instagram none of that fucking shit so you found it you're lucky welcome to podcast fat boy goodbye